Reaching Tax Flow podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today on episode 60, we're going to jump headfirst into the top five year-end tax strategies from none other than Chris Picuro here, founder and educator of Teaching Tax Flow. But before we do that, as always, let's take a brief moment and thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Reps Tracker. Are you a real estate investor who is bogged down with a huge tax burden? Real estate investing can open the door to powerful tax benefits. Reps Tracker can streamline the process of accelerating these tax benefits. To take advantage of a special TTF community discount, go to www.repstracker.com slash affiliate slash teaching tax flow and use the code IFG. You can look in our show notes or email us at hello at teachingtaxflow.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. Today, we're going to take a quick look. We won't get into too many details, but our top five year-end tax strategies for 2023. But before we do that, one thing that I'm going to challenge you to, well, actually, if you didn't do it this year, you better do it next year. If you happen to be listening to this on Spotify, they actually just announced, it's in your Spotify app, kind of your year wrap-up, and it shows your favorite artists, how much music you listen to, etc. But this year, it actually added into that, if you Spotifyers haven't noticed, what your favorite podcast is. So we expect to see the Teaching Tax Flow podcast on there. Heck, if it's on there, send us a picture of it. Maybe we'll mail you a cool little prize. But no, no cheating, but that's a challenge. So trimming the fat a little bit, let's get down to the chase. Chris Bakira, welcome back, man. You ready to, ready to talk uh, your top five? I am really excited about this podcast, John. Welcome back to yourself. Happy holidays, where we've got about one month left in the year here in 2023. One of the laws of teaching tax flow is that ta- your tax return is a verb, not a noun. So tax planning should be occurring all year round. But what we want is tax planning about. is never really done. You never check the box and say, yes, I'm 100% planned forever, right? Exactly. That being said, that being said, one of the things that's important to us is timing. And I want to walk through the, my top five year-end tax planning strategies. Now, before before we throw the teaching tax flow community into a tizzy, because they may have heard me say something about another strategy that, that I like more, this is not my top five tax strategies. This is my top five tax strategies that you have to implement in December with a hard deadline of January or December 31st. Um, so that is something that we thought was urgent. That's something that the the tech, uh, excuse me, the tax flow community, teaching tax flow community wanted. So let's talk about the top five year-end tax strategies. And then when I tell you about the strategy, I'm going to tell you in general who it would be best applied to. Awesome. Awesome. And Chris, I, I'm, I'm trying to toggle my memory here a little bit. I feel like it was just yesterday. It probably was almost a year ago exactly on multiple shows. You know, I always use the reference of, so this is what you either have to do or you can do it after, you know, the the ball drops at 11.59 p.m. if you're out hanging with friends. And I think, you you know, you you gave me some some uh, some tease, we should say. Be like, man, every every analogy you make, you're out drinking with, with friends. So we, we won't give that example. We'll just say 
after the new year or before it, I will shut my mouth. So let's let's hear these things. So this is the clock is ticking already on this. So that's why we chose to do this early December. These are the year ends. Let's get rolling, my man. Hit us with your top five. Correct. In no particular order, by the way. Ooh, okay. One of Can I have that caveat on there? Ooh, we're dripping with drama here. Um, <laughs> one of my top five would be for someone that is in a green diagnosis. Green diagnosis in our teaching tax flow system means you are in a low marginal tax rate. And for someone that is in a low marginal tax rate this year, they should consider doing a Roth conversion. What that means is they're taking money from a pre-tax account, let's say a traditional IRA, they're converting that to a Roth. There's no limit on that conversion. The conversion amount is taxable at whatever your marginal tax rate is, which in this case, it would be low. But there's no early distribution penalty if you're under 59 and a half years old. So we use the Roth conversion strategy on many clients that that are at a lower marginal tax rate in, in the green diagnosis. And guess what? You could be very wealthy and have a lot of cash flow. Remember, John, tax flow doesn't equal cash flow. So for our real estate investor clients that maybe bought uh, some new properties then did a, did a um, cost segregation study, so they have these big, big deductions coming from their real estate that might even exceed their, their income, this is a good way to take advantage of that. So Roth conversion is one of my top five strategies. You have to do it before the end of the year. And whatever the converted amount we, uh, you you utilize will be on what's called a form 1099R. But you've got to get that done before December 31st. Awesome. And that's different than a Roth contribution. So it's called Roth conversion. That's number one. No, we could add number two. So that that was a good one. We hit a green diagnosis for that one. So I'll let you kind of keep rolling with that one, but I think that one will apply to a good amount of people. So I'm, I'm glad you started with that one. Oh, hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, and I know no. you probably, you're in your brain, you're probably thinking like, oh man, I got to nail this thing down to five of them. You're probably changing it in your mind right now on which ones are your favorite. But, you know, it's all good. Right, exactly. Well, I'm thinking about <laughs> which ones are so time sensitive that they have to be implemented, you know, by the end right. of the year. So number two, would be bon the bonus depreciation deduction. Now you might say, well, that deduction occurs on your tax return, which is true, which doesn't happen until next year. But an asset has to be placed into service before December 31st of 2023 to be eligible for bonus depreciation. Now, we're not going to talk about what assets in detail are eligible for bonus depreciation, but in general, automobiles over 6,000 pounds, equipment, um, furniture, you know, could be a tractor for a farmer. It could be a variety of things, but you have to have that asset placed into service, not ordered, but placed into service by December 31st to be eligible for bonus depreciation. Bonus depreciation for 2023 is 80%. It was hundred percent and it's only going to be 60% next year under tax cuts and jobs act. So my second, my number two would be taking advantage of the bonus depreciation deduction, which would entail placing a needed asset in the service. Now, I always talk to our private CPA firm clients and our teaching tax law community about don't let the tax tail wag the dog, meaning don't go buy 
a $100,000, 9,000-pound vehicle just to get a deduction. Get a new vehicle if your business needs it, if it's going to help you with efficiency. Or go buy a piece of equipment, or it could be co computer equipment. It could be, if anyone actually still uses printers, um, it could be, a I mean, especially for people that are, have a medical practice, it could be a, a very expensive medical device, new dental chairs. Make Now, you, you can't just order them. They've got to be placed in the service for the end of the year to be eligible for that bonus depreciation. So some type of equipment purchased and placed in a service, as long as you're going to need it, if, especially if a private CPA firm client says, hey, I really need some this, this new piece of medical equipment It's $60,000. Um, I'm going to need it by February 1st. I'd say just then get it now. You know, get it, get it now, place it in a service. And remember, cash flow doesn't equal tax flow. So it doesn't matter if you finance the entire purchase or if you pay cash. It has nothing to do with your depreciation deduction. So number two, place place a depreci bonus depreciation eligible fixed asset in a service that is needed. So if you're looking for a new private jet, this is the time to do it, as long as they can deliver in 30 days. Well, it, as funny as it sounds, John, we have a, we have someone that's been on this podcast, uh, and maybe we'll bring them back on, that works in fractional um, aircraft and jet purchases and, and leases and they there's some tax benefits for people in that as absolutely. funny as that sounds but absolutely a great topic too I, I love talking with them about that we had a great conversation i think i was drooling the whole time i was just blown away with how it works but and the fact of owning a private jet you know i don't i don't have a big enough parking lot for it no right. problem there <laughs> right now i hear you well um so number three is going to be income shifting to family members. So for, for eligible people that have a business that have family members that work in the business, it might make sense, assuming that family member is doing legitimate work for the business. So if you are in a, just like the bonus depreciation, you've got to be in a red diagnosis. So red diagnosis and teaching tax flow means high marginal tax rate. And if you have someone in your household or in your family that's working with for the business doing legitimate work, you can pay them a reasonable wage for their work. And if that person, think about it, if it's a dependent, if that person's tax rate's 10% and your tax rate's 35%, there could be significant tax savings. It could be a spouse. Typically, you're not seeing a ton of tax savings when you pay a spouse unless it's paired with employee benefits. So when I say income shifting, that does include employee benefits, um, as well, which could be re employer-sponsored retirement plans. But the bottom line is that income shifting, if it makes sense for the business owner, that income shifting has to be done by the end of the year. You can't pay someone your cash basis tax I can't pay my child in January and pretend it happened in December. If I had a wait, if I had a time machine, no offense, I wouldn't waste it on that. <laughs> so number three, income shifting to family members is a really powerful tax strategy that ha is rather time sensitive. That's a good one. A good one a lot of people don't know legally and ethically exists. Exactly. No, so the first one, Roth conversion is really good for anyone. The last two really pertain to business owners. I want to wrap up with my final two. I want to wrap up with two strategies that I think pertain to almost everybody. Um, 
Now, I'm going to bounce back to the green diagnosis. So let's say you are in that low marginal tax rate. One of the opportunities you have would be capital gain harvesting. What that means is that, let's say you have assets in your brokerage account, let's say stocks, mutual funds, et cetera, et cetera, and um, you want to free up some cash. Or you're in a situation where that stock has gone up and you know you're going to sell it at some point in the near future, but you're in a low marginal tax rate this year, you might want to harvest those capital gains, meaning sell the security, sell the stock, mutual fund or whatever, and recognize those gains in 2023 because you're going to pay very little to no tax. This is especially important if you have what are called capital loss carry forwards. So if you, let's say you had a $10,000 capital loss last year, John, and you in no capital gains, you could only carry, you can only deduct $3,000 a year of losses. The remaining $7,000 has to carry forward. So you would be eligible for cap, good candidate for capital gain harvesting. Obviously, don't let the tax tail wag the dog. Make sure you, you work with your licensed financial advisor to determine how to, what stocks to harvest capital gain. But I see for a lot of clients, you know, imagine that a stock went up and this year your income's $12,000 for whatever reason. Next year, you're, it's at $200,000 and you have been a solid in January 2nd and you're paying tax based on a $200,000 income at $12,000. So if you're hanging on to that Amazon you bought at $190, uh, you might want to consider a little change. Exactly. So that's capital loss, or sorry, capital gain harvesting green diagnosis. My final strategy, fifth and final, is a cousin of capital gain harvesting, capital loss harvesting. It's the exact opposite. It's for a red diagnosis, someone that is in a high marginal tax bracket. Let's, and let's say you have, again, work with a licensed financial advisor, but let's say you have stocks, bonds, mutual funds that have gone down in value, and you don't think they're going to come up. Well, you might as well sell them. You still have the same amount of Money is just cash, not stock. But now you have a capital loss deduction. Now these capital loss deductions can you can deduct up to three thousand dollars a year if you're married filing jointly, fifteen hundred otherwise. If married separately or single, um, no, I'm sorry, married separately is fifteen hundred. Everyone else is three thousand. But you could deduct three thousand dollars a year, but the remaining capital losses carry forward, so they're not lost. And it, this is especially valuable if you have other capital gains. Sometimes you have capital gains and you don't even realize it. Let's say, you, John, you bought that stock and you have a financial advisor that's managing your portfolio and they're buying and selling things and, and you have $50,000, $60,000 of capital gains, but you don't have any cash in your pocket. It's just getting traded in your account. And that's where at the end of the year, we work with a lot of people on, okay, what are your capital gains? Let's harvest some losses to, to mitigate that, that income. So the thing I like about the capital gain and capital loss harvesting, those last two, is that that's, those that doesn't require you to take any cash out of your pocket. All you're doing is selling securities. And that's that's why those are especially powerful. So I'll run it back down. Number one, in no particular order, Roth conversions, green diagnosis, low marginal tax rate. Number two, bonus depreciation eligible machinery and equipment placed in a service or typically a business or rental property owner. 
Number three, income shifting to family members, another red diagnosis for businesses or rental property owners. And then number four or five, the cousins, the brothers from another mother, capital <laughs> harvesting for the green diagnosis, capital loss harvesting for the red diagnosis. Excellent. That's a, that's a good little mic drop for you as we wrap this up too. So Chris, thanks for running through those with us. We are going to get out of your headphones, your speakers, whatever you're listening to this on right now. Again, the clock is ticking. The calendar year end is not going to wait on you. So get moving on it. Chris, thank you for sharing those. Everybody who listens to this podcast, I will drop a couple notes in, or I should say a couple links in the show notes in reference to some of the resources we have within Teaching Tax Flow. I know we have a couple courses that are on a few of these strategies as well. They're free. Log on. Goes in a lot more detail on them specifically. And definitely, definitely don't miss next week episode. I think you're really going to appreciate this one. It's It appeals to the masses. It's a different topic. It's definitely towards a lot more people, I think, than, than we usually jump into. But enjoy it. As I always close out now, it's same time, same place here next week on the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us here on this episode when me and Chris dove into those top five year-end tax strategies. And like most good things, they must come to an end, right? Just like the calendar year. So what that means is, as we alluded to many times in this show, don't waste any more time. Get prepared. Get planned. Let's do this together. Any questions, reach out to us regarding tax planning. We actually offer through Teaching Tax Low. Um, a very, very fantastic, to say it even lightly, there is a tax planning, personalized tax planning product we offer to all of our members and anyone who may be interested. If you're looking for more information on that, be sure to visit our website as well as shoot us any questions, shoot us any messages. We are happy to tell you about that product. Um, we do, uh, we're creeping up on the end of the year. I was looking for a different way to say that one, but yeah. We're under 30 days, let's put it that way, if that doesn't get the get the mind flowing. So with that being said, turn this off, get in the right mindset. Let's do this together, as I mentioned, and be sure to keep following us here on the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer.